0: What's up party people? This is Ian Lenhart coming at you from Miami, Florida, just letting you know that it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And recently we got round two of the old COVID-19 coming in hot, drowning away our ambitions, telling us we can't do what we want to do. I think the message that we need to speak about today is controlling the controllables. You can control who you hang out with. You can control who you don't hang out with. You can control your health And that's something that's very important that a lot of us just aren't focusing on from day to day because, quite frankly, it's very inconvenient. I mean, if you think about the idea of drinking eight glasses of water a day, you're thinking to yourself when do i even find the time to do that just remembering to go to the sink or the faucet and fill up eight times it ain't happening so we're going to talk about a few tips to make sure you get your daily exercise and you get them vitamins tip number one create a gallon jug or buy a gallon jug fill it up with water and then create little lines that represent eight glasses throughout the day and just make sure you chug that gallon of water whenever you can if it's near your desk it's convenient you don't have to keep thinking about it tip number two get to the gym if you can't get to the gym you got to figure out a different way of moving your body like movement has changed my life ever since my leg got better and i'm able to go back to the gym you know i've been out here squatting feeling fantastic going back to the gym feeling those muscle fibers just uh, feeling good and it's all because i just have the luxury of going to the gym if you can physically go to a gym go to a gym if the gym's closed then go find a different way of working out Do 20 squats, just standing. Do jumping jacks. Find the 8 billion home workouts on the internet that you can just watch. Do a little bit of yoga. All you need is a yoga pad. Changes your life. Get some deep breathing going. And then speaking of deep breathing, step number three, find some time to meditate, to have time to yourself, to just block out the world. You know, I was listening to another podcast, which I kind of found this interesting. You know, They were talking about how sometimes when you consume alcohol or other sort of paraphernalia, it tends to drown out a lot of the anxiety that you're seeing on an everyday basis in which case it can be very soothing in that sense right but then all of a sudden you're relying on some sort of narcotic or some sort of foreign substance to get that and that's not what we want we want to be able to accomplish that without having to drink a glass of wine with that said I mean if you can do it go do it but the point is is learn to meditate take some time to yourself and try to drown out those thoughts give yourself a break you need it you've been working your butt off you got all these things just think about the common household and all the problems that we face every single day between kids trying to Be normal humans trying to clean the home, trying to work out, trying to have a social life. It's a lot. You have to give yourself a break, and it starts with giving yourself some breaths. And on today's episode, episode 110, I am super excited to have an absolute legend on the pod. His name's JP Justin Peterson. He's actually one of the few people we've ever had recome on the pod. You know, I always like to keep new people coming on all the time, but Justin's just amazing. I mean, he is one of the most well-developed, thought out humans that I have ever come across in my life just in terms of friends and in terms of business. And he always just has these giant nuggets of wisdom that whenever I talk to him, I feel like, ooh, I'm messing up. I gotta jump on that idea I've been pushing back. He's just one of those people that unlocks the greatness in you. And he's gonna talk all today about this new initiative he's launching, which I think everybody needs to hear. It's just super badass. And it's all about just reimagining yourself and what you can give to the world to gain clarity. And clarity is so important because so many of us don't have clarity. And the idea is we should try to gain clarity now than later. We can get it in 10 years, but it's a little bit easier now. Just ask Tom Brady. He lost last night, unfortunately. But without further ado, we're jumping into this podcast. I appreciate you. A lot of exciting things to come on. And with that said, let's jump into it. And we're live. Justin Peterson. He's in the building. He's real. The OG. One of the finest humans I know. Welcome to the podcast, man.
1: Thanks, Ian. It's awesome to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I was just telling you right before I uh, did this podcast, I put my laptop on a laundry basket because my stand just isn't working right now. So I'm doing a little bit of, you know, custom rigging, if you would. And I hear this big crash and I'm like, what's that? I didn't really think much of it. Came back, laptop down. That's a that's a four thousand dollar piece of equipment just oh poof. but you know I got that protective case. We're chipped away and everything's good, man. That's that's life. You get chipped away. Hopefully you got a hard enough case and you keep going. <laughs>
1: I just need to put an affiliate link in the comments below so you too can get your own protected case <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm excited to catch up with you. You've always been you know a good friend of mine. you've been a mentor of mine just with your persistence. We met early on in the network marketing profession, and you really took your teachings and just got better and better over time, became a top seller with your last company, uh, crushed it, ran it from the corporate side from the the other side built an entire movement around this stuff. Your YouTube's great. You're very intentional when you speak. I mean, honestly, you're just the full package in terms of understanding how the world works and building a business, which is exciting because you're starting a new venture, which we're going to get into. It's going to be awesome. And I'm excited just to learn about what you've been up to kind of the past year. I know you've, you've been through some transitions. Catch us up. What's good in the world of JP?
1: Yeah. So, man, obviously in the world of everyone's world, there's a lot going on. Uh, these are really interesting times. But for me, man, as far as like the transition that I've made, as soon as 2020 came around and everything kind of started, um, I tried my best to be as present as I could and understand that like this is a unique time in history, like world history, human history kind of thing. Like people will look back on this time that we're in right now. Like people will look back you know, on World War II. This is really, really unique. And so I wanted to try my best to make this positive in any way, you know, just like net positive period. And so I knew that if I, just like, you know, just like most people who are trying their best to get to a better spot in life, that if I was going to elevate my results, I had to elevate myself. And so I invested in um, a coach and I, honestly it was like it was kind of crazy man like i didn't really have an agenda going in i just i just wanted to like have the full evaluation it's like this is what i bring to the table here are what i think are my strengths what i think are my weaknesses this is where i thought my life was going to be and these are my results so like diagnose me and like tell me where i can be you know tuned up and stuff and the result of that was so unexpected I can't even, we don't have time to talk about it. But long story short, she peeled back all the layers, man. Asked me all these questions about my childhood, about my upbringing. Like I was, I was like coming in and talking about my career, you know, because I was at this like incredible opportunity where I had the, the flexibility to take my career in a lot of different options. And I kind of wanted like expert advice of like, what do you think is the best? And instead, she's like, "Tell me about your earliest memory." I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, what are you talking about?"
0: You sure you want to go there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what I realized without taking a lot of uh, a lot of time in this in this topic was, dude, I didn't, ha- I don't, I still don't like have many memories of my childhood. Like, like not a, like I have such a bad memory. So few under the age of twenty, that it was it was clearly becoming abnormal. She was like, Do you remember anything about this time? And I was like, like if if somebody gave me if someone's like, hey, do you remember whenever we did this? Yeah, probably I would remember if you showed it to me. But other than that, I didn't. I, I feel wonder- you
0: on that. I don't have much memories when I was younger. And I it wasn't like I was smoking pot at five years old, six years old or fourteen years old. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, how do some people remember so well?
1: So I think I know the answer to that. And we definitely don't have to go, go down this path, but for me at least, and for many other people, I was just listening to Tim Ferriss, his latest podcast he put out was about childhood trauma. And for me, I did not know, but there was a lot of childhood trauma that I went through growing up um, that just didn't see, it's not like I wasn't abused, you know, like nobody hurt me physically. It, it, it didn't seem as if anything was wrong. But there was a lot of turmoil um, in my family. There's a lot of, of traumatic experiences that happened um, up until the time that I went off to college. So basically the first 20 years of my life, um, they were very traumatic. And I was living inside of an environment that was not as healthy as I perceived it to be. And so like Tim Ferriss, his podcast, um, he went through some, some abuse whenever he was really young and he has no memories up until that age, right? And so it was really interesting. What I realized was my entire upbringing, I had lived inside of a projection, okay? And to simplify that as much as possible, a projection is basically what you see on the outside is different than what's on the inside. So kind of like your podcast setup and mine, your laptop's on on like a, a laundry basket, mine's on a file box, you know? It looks like we're all set up back here, but if you were able to go behind the scenes, it's like, we got dirty socks on your desk, you know, I got like papers falling all over the place over here. It's different, right? And there's, there's, there's three big things really for me that I was raised in that created who I am today that I was not aware of. One, my family from the outside looking in looked like the all-American family, you know? It was like, we, we literally, I grew up on a house on a hill. It was it was a beautiful house and a nice neighborhood. My family always drove nicer cars. You know, my parents were married. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom stayed at home with four kids. She was actively involved in school. Everything looked right, but on the inside, it was it was a very angry household that resulted in an unfortunate divorce. But again, the projection was that like the Peterson family, like oh man, Peterson family, you know, and I'm so
0: Petersons, man,
1: right, right. And then finances, same thing, like without getting into details, it seemed like my family's finances were like, everything was cool. But the reality was it was very muddy. It was confusing. There was some inheritance money that was like making it really weird. Um, Same thing with our faith. Like I grew up in the church and then my mom uh, investigated all different religions. She started going to synagogue, which I really respect. I love that she did all of that. But that left me with confusion because it seemed like we were sophisticated we were worldly we were open-minded you know but in reality i didn't know what to believe and so the projection of our family's got it all figured out our money's straight we're very sophisticated the reality of it was man it's, it's pretty hectic you know money is not what it seems to be and we're pretty confused that was how i was raised so then i go into college and i go to a nice private university I'm student body president. Everything seems great, but I'm flunking out of school. You know, I'm not. Re, I'm not meet, uh, meeting the minimum GPA to remain in in office, right? So there's really good pros and cons to this, and I don't want to bring it back to reputation because, dude, what I realized my entire life, I was being groomed to create a reputation for myself that was my coping mechanism. That was like my survival tactics was I have to create this image that I can live off of because if people perceive me a certain way, I will get opportunities. If people perceive me a certain way, I'll be invited to certain things, right? I will have advantages in life that if I simply show up as I am, I won't have. And that there's, there's pros and cons. One, it, it, I built a career. I built a career. I've been able to speak in 32 out of the 50 states in three years. I've made a lot of money at many times. I've gotten corporate positions, like you were saying. I've spoke on stage in front of tens of thousands of people. You know, I'm really proud of what I've done. But are you familiar with the imposter syndrome?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Dude, it was heavy. Like I was feeling like, you know, I'm not. I'm not a. Um, I'm not a con. You know, like.
0: That happens a lot inside of direct sales, particularly because Mm -hmm. people get in good positions, things take off. Next thing you know, there are people making $100,000 a month. They're on stage. They're the big wigs. But deep down, they don't truly feel as if they deserve that type of money. And there's that imposter syndrome that's deep and buried into us that we're not good enough to be able to be these people that people perceive us to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so that happened. and like. What was confusing was that I was good at what I did, you know, like it's not like I was given time on stage and then I just wasn't wasn't good with the time I was given. Like I had some skills, you know, so it wasn't like I was lying to people, but the projection that was out there and the reality of what I felt, that gap caused a lot of anxiety. And that's where the imposter syndrome popped up. Right. And so 2020, I wanted to merge that gap. I wanted to show up as authentically as I possibly can be you know, and let people know, like, I've had successes, but hell, I've lived off of 90 or 100% of my income for most of my career, you know, it, like, it doesn't matter if you make a lot of money, if you don't have any money left over, you know, like, whenever you go out and get that new car before you should be getting that new car, and you continue to pay for that new car for the next five, six, seven years, dude, you're constantly chasing this, this, again, projection, you know, of something that you have not yet earned. And so a big theme for me this year is integrity. Not that I was out of it before, but I wasn't aware that having that projection versus that reality was me being out of, out of integrity, right? And so that's the, that's the long answer to the question that you asked, but that's the, that's the realness, man, you know? And I want people to get that. 2020 has exposed a lot of things in the world, you know? And it's exposed a lot of things for me personally, that I'm extremely grateful for, because I know that starting 2021, things are going to be so much better in, in so many different ways.
0: I keep thinking about just as we age, you know, 28 years old, you're a little bit older than me. And we're out here just, you know, a snap away it was six or seven years ago, we're going through the whole Vima experience, people yeah. are living exactly this lifestyle you're speaking of. But we think it's in good intentions that it's building the business, it's building the brand, it's showing people what's possible. The whole quote of living the dream while living the nightmare, right? Or something along those lines. It's very interesting because we fake ourselves out to do that. And I remember just if you're truly two paychecks away from losing your car, bro, you don't have a BMW. I, I know that that experience for sure humbled me and taught me Look, if I can't buy this car a few times over, then clearly I'm not ready to have this car. Because true like gangsterness and true security know, is knowing that you could crash that car and you're good. all good. Oh, it got dirty. It's all good, baby. You know, we got multiple shirts. We're good. You know, I think that that's a lesson that we, I'm always forever grateful for early experiences in direct sales for teaching me that, because I think a lot of people learn that lesson right around our time. And I feel like people that get involved in direct sales, learn it at an earlier age than someone else would maybe when they're low thirties trying to be the man, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Yeah, I remember y- your mentor and I got stuck uh, at Wrightsville Beach. The, there, it's, uh, Wright, Wrightsville Beach is an island and there was a drawbridge and it was stuck up for hours one night after an event. And so we just found a place to stay, uh, not to stay, but to have dinner and hang out and have a couple drinks. And it was such a good opportunity because your mentor was killing the game. I was very new. And I had this rare opportunity to have dinner with them and ask him as many questions as I wanted to. because He was literally trapped on an island with me. And I said, Hey, what would you do if you were in my situation? And he said, I would put all of my energy into my business. I would never be at home. I would put all of my money into my business. All, all sound advice, all genuine advice, you know, but then I asked him questions about, you know, like how he was dressed. He was wearing a Louis Vuitton belt, Louis Vuitton shoes. And he said, look, our business is intangible. We don't have, you know, a brick and mortar to show the integrity of the business. So we have to show it on how we dress so that people know that the money's real. And that's all I needed to hear to spend irresponsibly. You know, any money I had coming in is like, great, i wanted new shoes. You know what I mean? Like, this was my business. And then um, we, we were really taught a lot about personal development and the law of attraction, right? dress the way you want to dress for the position you want to be in life you know if you want to be rich act rich spend rich tip rich right you know fake it till you make it and so that that was my mentality for you know from like from 23 to 25 26 years old and i went all in you know so anyway I'm, i'm preaching to the choir you just brought up that point but absolutely
0: no it's interesting because it's the whole talking successfully right I think a lot of times when people speak as if they know what it's, it's this, what I'm trying to say is when you're making a lot of money, you almost just have this new confidence that yeah. just sits on your shoulder and you feel that everything you're saying is real. I think what separates, you know, the true chiefs versus the, 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 little peasants in this phrase, right. Are the people that can still speak at that level of gangsterness and, and understanding and thoroughness and
1: belief when they don't have money yes yep that's a big deal
0: and it's tough because we really put an ego on how much money we have it comes out in many ways that's yeah. why financial security is huge i know even when i was sick i spent all of my money like my extra money on just getting better and i was frustrated because i was just spinning the wheels i worked for a sweet startup on the outside my life was dope uh, still was a little bit, I guess. But at the same time, I was spending all my money on just getting better and getting healthy. And I felt like I was just in a hamster wheel, just running, not you know making gains on my 401k or whatever people are trying to do with that Vanguard mutual fund. Big, I'm really into the mutual fund game these days, I got to tell you. <laughs> I, like, I enjoy those consistent 7 to 10% year-over-year gains. I, I like it. It makes me feel real good. <laughs>
1: No, I feel you, like, man. What, what happened to me, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story that kind of puts everything in perspective. Um, I, I was on a trip to West Palm Beach, and um, I've been writing a book over the last coming on uh, three years. I'm, I'm getting close to the end, but um, I'm fascinated with the Kennedy family with JFK, RFK in particular, RFK Jr. Nowadays, like my hero, I'd love to meet him. Um, but JFK in particular, um, he had, his family had a house in Palm Beach, uh, which now is like famous for the Epstein Island, or not, not not the island, but Epstein lived on Palm Beach, right? Tony Robbins lived there. Uh, Donald Trump has his Mar-a-Lago there. It is a different world. And it's like the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. Like like Rolls Royces are Everywhere, it's like a Honda Court. It's the craziest thing in the world. But I digress. I had an event in West Palm Beach, which you just jump the bridge and you're in Palm Beach, so I rented an Airbnb in Palm Beach, okay? And I went to where Kennedy wrote his inaugural address, right, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, because I wanted to channel that energy into the book I was writing. So I did an event, went to Palm Beach, found his house, just, I just sat outside, right? Um, by the beach where he wrote it. And while I was there, I went and had dinner at this cool, like, it was like a 1920s, like, like rustic hotel steakhouse. Okay. And it was late at night. And there were five people in the whole restaurant. I sat at the bar. It was just me. So I was dressed kind of like this. I just finished a day. To my left was this super rich um, like financial advisor guy who was divorced. There was two older guys with two much younger girls. And then the bartender. That was the whole scene. And I'm, I'm eating this nice dinner. I'm having a beer. And they're playing Frank Sinatra. And it was like, ah, oh, just everything was right. All the feels and the vibes. Like, I was thinking to myself, if they just play Frank right now, this would be perfect. And boom, Frank comes on. And I'm loving life. And then all of a sudden the song's over and the music stops playing. And I'm like, dude, if this is like a jukebox, I'm putting money in. Like, what? I turned around, I'm like, Where, what happened to the music? Turned out that it wasn't actually a Frank song, it was a live piano player singing Frank Sinatra so well that I genuinely thought that it was Frank Sinatra. And I saw this dude remember he's playing for five people. Okay. I saw this dude get up with a tip jar on the piano. And I was like, my man, was that you? Was that you? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, no, no, but Like, were you playing the piano? And then it was like, you play the piano to the Frank song or were you playing and singing? He was like, it's just me, bro. I had, I had, I like was, I was fanboying right there. I was like, you have got to be kidding me, man. That was the most incredible performance. I, and it was, like, dude, it's like ten o'clock at night. You know, five people in a bar, and I'm going nuts over this guy. I'm like, you are undiscovered, dude. You would like freaking smack Michael Bublé off the stage, man. You are Frank Sinatra. This is incredible. You need to go on like America's Got Talent. Like, you need to get an agent, right? I was like fired up. I was like, give me your card, you know. And he was like, yeah, man. You know, it's just you know, I, I appreciate it. And that that Palm Beach, Palm Beach Frank Sinatra. I realized was like the opposite of, of like me. This was a guy whose skills were so high that it genuinely tricked me to thinking that he was the real deal. But his presentation to the world and his reputation was that of, I just play on the weeknights nights at an old steakhouse in front of five people for tips. Now, maybe that's what he wants. And if that's the case, that's cool. But I've got to imagine, that if he's playing for five people and singing his freaking heart out and he's that good, that there is, there is a gap between his potential and his results clearly. And I wanted to know like, dude, if I could teach this guy or if I could teach anybody who feels as if they are they're, they're extremely talented and underpaid, you know, somebody who's got the skill, but not the recognition. If I could teach that, Dude, people's lives could be transformed. And that is what I realized was the blessing in me growing up inside of this projection environment was that now I know how to package um, the, the, the skills that I have to the world to get advantages in life, right? If I could teach this Palm Beach Frank Sinatra how to package himself and deliver himself and network himself. And make it so that he's not playing in front of five people, but shoot, maybe 500, you know, if I could help him with that, whatever you call it, I can increase his reputation equity, which is what I call it through the roof and his life would be changed forever. And so that right there is what I'm excited to talk to you about, because it's something that people don't think about. Like people understand, you know, you be a good person, you know, you network, right. And it's not what you know, it's who you know. But it's, it's not what you know, and it's not even who you know, but it's who knows you. And it's not even just who knows you, but what those people know about you. That's the kicker right there.
0: Amen. Seeing right. people's potential too. I mean, that's the basis of entrepreneurship. Seeing opportunity in people that they don't see in themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: what is what makes a great dreamer and inventor and person that's going to do big things. And the reputation equity, I feel that so hard. Yeah. It, it takes years and years and years to build and it can get killed in a minute, right? You do one thing wrong, especially in 2020, you go, man, enjoy the top.
1: You're out. Crazy, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And what I realized was people think about reputation as something that you just kind of like fall into, like, well, you're either the popular kid in school or you're not the popular kid, right? And I don't think that it's perceived as a teachable skill, but I've learned through personal experience, it absolutely is. There are certain things that people can do in opportunities that they're given that take things to the next level that make the perceived value higher, right? And it's not out of authenticity. It's not out of integrity. It's just being creative. It's leveraging opportunities that you're given. You know, it's like, uh, for example, if you get the opportunity to speak on stage for five minutes, five minutes is enough time to do something that people will remember forever, you know? And you'd have to do something for it five seconds of that five minutes for people to go, man, you remember whenever Ian did this on stage and it could be over a weekend long seminar and you have five minutes and in five seconds you do something that sticks in their mind forever. Now all of a sudden you're remembered for those five seconds on stage Now, because you remember, you've garnered attention around the opportunity that you were given, which because you have attention and people remember you, now your reputation equity has been increased. And so long as you're in integrity, you have the ability to leverage that equity in good times to get ahead. And, you know, I hope your life never takes a turn for the worst. But if things go south, because you in particular, like you're a great example, Ian, because you have been working on your reputation equity, whether it was conscious or not. For as long as I've known you, like you in particular, have a phenomenal reputation because you're very well networked. This podcast alone helps people tell their story, and you help them tell the world about it. You make people feel good. I I DM you all the time because your stories on Instagram are so hilarious. You like literally, you make me laugh out loud as I'm just like sitting watching. I you know. So like you bring smiles to people's faces, your reputation is to a point where if you, if you needed something, right? It's like, no question, dude, just, Ian Linhart, I got him. You know what I mean? That's a big deal that people don't think about. They just think that they fall into it. But you can put intention and focus and energy on that. And I think it's a life hack. I just do. I think it's a big deal. If people put intention around how they're presented to the world, in particular, their actual reputation and the equity that it had, is a game changer.
0: Such a game changer. And you can take it to a financial perspective too, with building a company. If you are an investor or an entrepreneur founder, and you found a company that ends up selling for X amount of millions of dollars, right? All your investors made money. Your employees made money. It was a successful exit. Next go around, when you start building that company, all of a sudden you're getting way better terms. You're getting easier investments. The whole, you know, your whole road is paved quicker for you so there's a lot of cool things you can do with that you're basically saying hey look build it now because you're going to need it down the road and i feel people don't do that right because if you can stay at a level playing field where you're just not moving nothing Mm -hmm. moves but if you can at least point people in a direction of your intentions then good things might come to you right Mm -hmm. and then also deciding who you are as a person too because if you're just naturally for me i'm I make myself laugh hysterically. I I think I'm, to me, I'm one of the funniest people to myself, right? Most of those stories are just me laughing at me, laughing at this stupid thing. And it makes me so happy, right? And then other people could see that, and then it might vibe and might attend. So yeah. my big, I think what you're saying is is crucial. It's clutch. It's everything. Your reputation is everything. It means, are you going to get a good credit score, I don't know if that's going to really help. Actually, that doesn't make any sense. But you know, the idea that, <laughs> that who you are, if you repay your loans, it's kind of like your reputation, a credit score is sort of an indication of your reputation. Yeah. Side I someone said something pretty funny the other day. Oh, the US government's going to give me a credit score when they're what, 23 trillion in debt. <laughs> that was funny.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah,
0: tell me, tell me more about this, because you're building you built a whole program around it even taking this back, you speak to this person, you have zero insight into it. I feel like that's an interesting lesson, taking everything and dumping it onto somebody else who doesn't have any sort of special thought of where you want to go. They're not biased. They're just listening and they're getting to these root causes to try to find out what you actually want to do. And I I feel we're going to see a lot of people transitioning because personally, going back to kind of the financial talk. Once you hit a certain reach of financial, you have like the decent things like a car, a place to live, and some clothes, and you're pretty much good. You get a MacBook and an iPhone, you're straight. What more do you need? You're already killing it if you have those things. So then you start getting this, how do you get better than that? I feel purpose is going to be the big thing there. Actually feeling fulfilled beyond that because, you know- the, a slightly bigger house is going to impress most likely yourself?
1: Yeah, no doubt. I think purpose is a big thing, but but purpose is predicated on clarity, uh, which is what I named my company. It's clarity. You know, um, I talked a little bit about about faith at the beginning and how my, my mom's like investigated all faiths which, I, faiths, which I think is awesome. You know, for me, I'm exploring everything. Like, I, I feel like I owe it to myself to try my best to learn as much about all the different beliefs, you know, things out there so that I can make the most educated decision. But what I know to be true is that for me personally, there's just, there's some higher power. There's something, call it whatever you want. And this year I started praying every night whenever I put my my two boys to bed. And I don't know who I was praying to or, or what that was, but we'll just call it God. And my prayers were out of gratitude for what I've got, because like you said, dude, got a house, I've got a car, I got clothes, I got a MacBook, and I got an iPhone, you know? And I got a wife and two kids that are my everything.
0: And you have two fantastic kids. You're you're killing it. I mean, you're going to be a full-grown, a 40-year-old man with (laughs) grown-ass kids playing. You're going to be in your prime. It's going to be great.
1: It's as adult as it gets right now, man. I even put up a fence in the backyard, you know, and I got a dog, like the whole deal. But... (laughs) After I would just give thanks for everything that I had, I would just, my only request was give me clarity, just give me clarity. And that was every day of 2020, man, every day or every night, please give me clarity. Right. And so it, it turned out that clarity was exactly what I was given. That's the business that I've built. But I say that to say that you were saying that purpose is a big deal, but you don't know what your purpose is until you have clarity on who you are. And so meeting with this coach, she helped me to understand that I didn't actually understand what my makeup was. Like she went through like my ancestral DNA. It's like, this is why you are who you are. This is why you do what you do. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's like at the end of a, of a movie, like a, like a murder mystery or something. It's like all the flashbacks of all the scenes, like, Oh, my God! I know exactly what happened, and everything comes to you in one moment. That was like you sum up my experience with her this year. That's what it was. It's like everything makes so much sense. Now I know what I'm supposed to do. Now I know what my purpose is because i I was asking my closest friends like what what is it about me that, if I could teach to the world, would add value and <laughs> it was like, I don't know you're a good speaker. <laughs> it was like. Thanks. You know, like, come on, like, please help me out. But we couldn't come up with it. It's like, I don't know. You got a lot of great traits, but like, I don't know what it is, but what it is is my ability to package like the full package presented to the world so that I garner strategic attention so that I'm giving particular opportunities for me to capitalize on, you know, it's like, think about it, Ian, like all the people who you have met through your podcast, they now know you for this portfolio of characteristics that you have that are unique to you, right? You're funny, you're optimistic, you're a hard worker, you're very diligent, you're clearly consistent, you've been doing this for a long time, you're humble, but you're proud enough that you can brand yourself like you have specific skills, right, that are very unique and valuable. And if opportunities come up and you're the first person that they think about, your reputation equity just put you first in line for an opportunity that could change your life, right? Because you've done that, that's an advantage. So I say whether you're you know, going for a job, you're making a pitch, you're asking for a favor, you're going on a date, whatever it is, the better your reputation, the better your odds.
0: True, that's, that's a great point. And that's odds in every single thing, facet, shape, or form. I think sometimes yeah. people also can have that go against them. It's like do you know who I am? No, actually, this person doesn't follow you on social media. They don't give an F who you are, right? And we get caught up in our own image of who we think people are. Even Kevin Hart probably has people that don't know who he is, right?
1: Gotta stay in integrity. You gotta stay in integrity, you know?
0: And then being able to just meet somebody and, and have a genuine conversation, not predicated on who someone is, that's genuine, you know? That's authentic, that's beautiful.
1: I love it, man. Like, I don't know if you've had a situation where you're, you're sitting down next to somebody, you don't know who they are. And then once the conversation's over, (laughs) you realize that the person you were talking to is of extreme value and you're like, that who, you know, I remember one time I was sitting at a conference uh, very early in my career (laughs) and I was sitting next to just, there was an empty seat I sat next to somebody towards the front of the room and like an hour later, they're getting called up, and they're like this. They made millions of dollars, you know. Like they're flying on private jets, and I'm like, yo, that was John. You know, what I, mean? like, I borrowed his pen right before he went up on stage, and and like he just treated me like anybody else. I treated him like anybody else. Like the humility of that person. Oh my gosh, I love that. And that it's like there's an energetic like relevance to that that people just gravitate towards. It's like. It's it's humility, you know? It's humility, it's authenticity. It's like, hey, this this is me, you know? Like, I have this image, I have this reputation, but this is who I really am, you know?
0: It's great when you get that feeling with someone that doesn't have a lot of money. You know, you sit next to them and they still leave you feeling like that and you're like, wow, who are you? You know, the same Stevie Wonder or John, the reference you made earlier, people are just, they they haven't stepped into their power yet. They're not... They're pre-discovered, you know, they're early JBs.
1: Those are the people who I want to attract to me. I want those people. I, I, want, I want to know everything about them. I want to hear everything. Like, I want to know what they want. And this is what my program goes through, like, as an overview. it's it's your aspirations your inspirations it's customizing who you want to be it's finding clarity on how to create the person who you want to be it's transforming into that person it's reintroducing yourself to the world and then it's creating that reputation but i want to know what they want why they want it what that looks like in like specifically what does that look like you know then i want to teach them which i believe is my value i can add to the world i want to teach them Here's like the blueprint. Here's the roadmap based off of what you've told me you wanted based off of what we've understood about why you want those things. Because I mean, dude, you know this? Like someone might say, Oh, I want to live in a big house. I want to have a nice car. I want to travel the world. Cool. Why? We haven't, most people haven't thought like, I, cause like I would just like cars. Like, no, 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 no. Why do you want a nice car? Is it, it's not for transportation. If it was for transportation then it wouldn't matter what kind of car, why, what, what's the inspiration behind that? You want recognition. There's nothing wrong with that. You want people to see you whenever you pull up. Okay. Why is that? Oh, you know, after a couple more questions it's because I wasn't seen as a child. You know, I can never get the attention from my, you know, this is an example from my father that I wanted. And if I, if I drive up in his driveway with a seven series BMW, he will see me. Okay. That's good information to have for me to help you to customize the reputation that you want. But we're not going to build a reputation just on getting recognition. We're going to use that. We're going to know that about you. We're going to understand where that comes from. We're going to help you to overcome that. So whether your dad actually recognizes you or not, you're independent. You're emotionally sovereign, right? So it doesn't matter. You're doing things for the right reasons, not the reasons that you think are right. And then I want to help you to say, okay, if this is what your skill sets are, if this is what you want, if this is what you want it to look like, and we understand we're coming from a good place, here are the things that if you do these things, if you do them, you'll create the reputation that you want. You will go from playing Sinatra on a piano, you know, at 10 o'clock at night on a week night in front of five people at a bar, to if you want to be on stage, I'm not going to make guarantees, but if you do this, I can guarantee that you will progress in your life. It's just how it is. You know, you take two different extremes. If you have the talent and the skill set and the desire to be discovered, theoretically, as a singer, and one extreme is all you do is sing in the shower whenever nobody's home. And if you are the only person who hears you, that's one extreme, right? The other extreme is singing in front of 20,000 people at a sold-out arena, right? And somewhere in between is might be where you are. Well, if we understand where you want to go, we understand your skills, we understand why you want to get there, I can help you to package yourself and give you the confidence in your ability to reintroduce yourself to the world so that you boost your reputation equity. So that whenever somebody sits in your bar and says, Hey, you're pretty freaking good. Like, what do you want to do in the world? And you say, uh, my dream is to, and this is where I'll come in and I'll give you the confidence to just say, I'd love to speak in front of 20,000 people at a sold out arena, but I just don't know the connections to get there. The person at your bar might be The manager for Michael Buble, and he goes, cool, here's my card. Meet me at my office next week. We're going to do a couple of recording sessions, and I think I've got something for you because your skill is unbelievable. But if you don't have the skill set to know to say that, if you don't have the confidence and clarity in who you are and where you want to go, you'd never open your mouth. And if you don't open your mouth, you might continue to play Sinatra in front of five people on the weekday for the rest of your life. And it's a travesty, travesty, tragedy, travesty, tragedy. I like that word. word. It sucks if you want to go and play in front of twenty thousand people, and you live the rest of your life playing in front of five on a weeknight. You know, and I want to get people from where they are to where they want to be, and I want their potential to match their results. And I think I can help. What about the part of this? I don't know. I don't know.
0: I think a little bit. Yeah, that's weird. I think we're good now. Okay. Okay. Uh, In terms of the consistent part of this, that's the hardest thing, in my opinion, because people, if you can pick a niche and you can pick a thing you're good at and just be consistent at it for a long enough period of time, eventually your friends and family will see you as that person. Facts. Just how it works. Time and consistency will create and brand you however you want. How do you get people to, once they rebrand themselves, once they do all this stuff, once they step out into the power, they're like, this is me, baby. You know, they come out there with their own new, whole new face on. How do you get them to stay consistent for years?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you think about that topic? Because that is the toughest, toughest thing. How do yeah. you become somebody that no matter what, before you even go to the bathroom in the morning, you take care of things that contribute to that person that you're trying to become consistently. Yeah. You don't let anything disbarge that. What are your thoughts on
1: that? So there's a couple of different tools that I use in that particular piece of, of the, the program that I've created Um, one of which is probably my favorite. Um, I've coined the hero's mirror. Okay. And a hero mirror is somebody who, when they see you, they see you as a hero. Okay. So for me, uh, naturally it would be my sons, you know, they're going to see me as I grow up as a hero. And whenever I'm put in situations in the future where I'm just, I'm tired, you know, it's like, I know I'm supposed to consistently do this. I know that the compounding effect of these efforts are going to give me great results. I know that the little things I do matter, but man, I'm just tired. Like I'm not seeing the results, right? If I think about my hero mirror and how looking at my son, how he sees me, that's inspiration to go, you know what, what would my, what would Brooks and Kennedy think that I would do in this situation? They think that dad is a superhero. Dad does it whether he feels like it or not. Dad does the things that other people don't want to do. You know, dad is a unique person who wins at life. And so if inside I'm like, I just don't feel like winning today. If I look in that hero mirror and I see my son looking back at me, I'm going to do what he perceives me to do. Another tool that I would use is auto suggestion, which obviously I didn't come up with. But something that you can say, a phrase you can say in your head all the time that can psych yourself out to go, you know what, I am the most consistent person in the entire world. And I do things whether I feel like it or not because I have clarity on my purpose and my path. And if I continue to take these steps, eventually I'll get to my goal. You know, like if you say that all the time, it doesn't matter how tired you are. Eventually you're going to do it. And then the last thing, um, I love the idea of, of, of incentives with a carrot on a stick and then an actual stick. So the positive reward based incentive and then the negative like consequential based incentive. And I think that people react to both of those differently. So I say in my program, pick your carrot and pick your stick. Okay. Once we have clarity on what you want, where that destination is, and it's not really a destination, it's always a journey, but what that looks like, like, is it 20,000 people on a stage singing Frank Sinatra? If that is what it is, if that is what it really is genuinely and in integrity, that's what you want. Okay. Well, what's the reward you're going to give yourself when you do it? And what's the consequence that you're going to hold yourself accountable to receiving if you don't? So now you're, you've like, you've trapped yourself in a very positive it's like the golden handcuffs of your dreams you know it's like you have something that is going to pull you there whenever you're not feeling like it and you have something that's going to push you there whenever you're not feeling like it and then you have something you're telling yourself all the time inside it's like a secret weapon and if all those fail you got somebody who you can think about who looks at you like a hero and you just cannot let them down it would break your heart to let you let them down
0: Push and pull, baby. That's what you should name your program. Push and pull. That's what we need to do. Getting pulled and getting pushed. If you're doing both of those things, chances are you're going to get there. It's a really cool way of looking at it. And it's cool that you have this aha moment. And I love seeing you smile. And I love seeing you so excited and passionate. I mean, your speech, there was this one speech that went very live, uh, went very viral on Facebook. It was you speaking at your conference, 10,000 people. And it, it was your moment, man. You were the keynote, you were the G, you looked sharp that was JP. Like You were crushing it. Your speech was so good. You were confident. But all these little micro sessions that you're doing, this podcast, YouTube videos, these are what prepare you to be able to do that. Because once you get up there, it's just another podcast. It's just me being me. And that's easy for you to be because you're just being yourself. So becoming somebody that is so deep rooted in your principles and who you are that you don't have to try to be that person. You just are that person. I feel like that If you can get there, you become consistent, you know?
1: That's so true. And and what I want people to know is that I feel like so many, I don't want to say all, I don't want to make a definitive statement, but like so many of the skills that people who you admire embody are all teachable skills. Like you can literally transform who you are today into an unrecognizable person if that's what you want and need, you know, you might be on a good path, but you just want some enhancement. You might want some, some tips and tricks and strategies, you know, and some creative resourceful ideas to just get you ahead. But you might be completely stuck. and You're like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm going the right way. Or you might know you're not going the right way and need to do a 180, whatever it is, what you desire, you can create in yourself. You know, if you want to speak, you can learn to speak. I mean, shoot, there's a lot of talent inside of something like singing, but singing is also to an extent a learned skill. If, you, if that is your desire, you can teach your voice how to sound more appealing at different notes. There are singing coaches that can teach you how to craft that skill. You know what I mean? Like you can literally design the person you want to be. You can create your avatar character of all the characteristics, talents, and skills that you desire to create the life you want. And then you can build it. You can build yourself into it. And I, I don't want that to be an intimidating thing. That's an exciting thing. That's a, like, that's a light bulb moment of like, wow, anything is possible if I'm willing to do the work. And the, the question always remains if you're willing to do it. But if you are, there are people out there that can teach you all those things, you know? And, and what I found, the last thing too, man, is that, What I found is that you can hire all the the coaches that will teach you these skills, teach you these talents, teach you about yourself, right? Get you clarity in all these different little like compartmentalized places in your life. But I have yet to find somebody who specializes in taking your portfolio of characteristics and skills and talents and teaching you how to present it to the world. And that's what I'm doing. That's that clarity that I want to bring to people. And I want to go back on one other thing you said earlier that I'm so happy you brought up, man. You talked about how in business, if you do something really well, you make a, a successful exit, you know, you have the reputation equity of a successful business person. So your next venture is easier, right? Well, in business, uh, there's actually, especially in business acquisitions, there is a value placed on the acquisition of a business that's designated goodwill value. And that is the business term or the accounting term for their reputation. It's the value that their name holds. So like one example would be like a mom and pop restaurant that's been around for 40 years. You know, the value of the actual facility, um, the, the assets minus the liabilities is one thing. But the, the goodwill value of that mom and pop restaurant that's been there for decades or generations, that's different. And you have to, you have to, um, uh, assess for that. Well, whenever Amazon bought whole foods in like 2017, the whole foods, like company as a grocery store chain was about three to $4 billion, but the acquisition was $13 billion. And if you look it up, there was a 9.1 billion with a B dollar value on their goodwill so amazon bought about a four billion dollar grocery store chain and paid nine billion because it was called whole foods and what i want to make the connection for everybody on is that that goodwill value that exists literally in business you can literally put a monetary value on a company's name that exact same concept exists for us for everyday people we have that same thing we just don't have an accountant that can calculate what your reputation equity is. It's always changing. But if you just put all your decisions, your interactions, your conversations, anything through the filter of does this increase or does this decrease my reputation equity? Am I adding value or am I subtracting value from the world? And am I always in integrity? And if so, you're, you're always adding to those mutual funds. You know, you're always adding to that account that at any time you can leverage or you can dip into whenever you need it. And it's a valuable thing that I want people to be thinking about because I think it's a life hack.
0: It's a life hack. And you're going to make sure that people get that life hack because you're on a mission, man. You're on a man on a mission. You're trying to give some clarity to the people. You're trying to change some lives. You're trying to be that person that people say, oh my God, I spoke to this person that did X. Everything that this woman did to you, but with your spin, with your transition, and with your skills and your experience, I'm very confident you're going to be super successful at this. Like everything else you've done. And pretty much anything, if people put all their heart and soul into something, they're going to have some sort of level of success with it, right? It, the question is, is, is it enough to keep them going? Is it is the success enough incrementally to get them going? Because sometimes people just don't get any success for years and then they're, you know, right on the cusp of the whole typical meme you got with the miner and yeah. it's close to the diamond. You know, it's an interesting thing, but guarantee if you're having fun and you're being yourself, you have guaranteed higher chances of getting that diamond right because even though when you get the diamond it'll make you happy for a while but then naturally us humans man we are entitled you know all of a sudden that car is not exciting anymore you know the new promotion's not exciting anymore the new business might not even be exciting anymore next thing you know you start doing new things and but that's also what naturally moves us as people you know time's moving there's never a better time to do it than now. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow could end your life or someone you love. Like, you got to make moves now. You got to do it now. Yep. If you don't do it now, JP going to do it, you know? And you can't just let JP get all of it. He already looks so good. Look at this guy. He's, you know, he's just scream success. So, man, I appreciate you. I'm excited for listening to your new program, this new direction. I'm excited to promote this podcast to everybody. I think you're the real deal. I think people need to, to listen to your message. I think you need to speak more on this. Is there anything else that you'd want to leave, uh, leave the listeners in terms of your program, where to follow you, how to get more JP in their life?
1: Yeah, um, clarityvip.com is the website. I'm extremely proud of it. I've built it myself. I've never done anything like this. I just taught myself how to do it. So I hope you like it. Clarityvip.com, that's C-L-A-R-I-T-Y vip.com and by the way this is just like happenstance like how it all happened man like just the serendipity magic of the world and the universe but clarity turns out to be an acronym as well i picked clarity because i love the name it's just everything it represents and even how it sounds clarity is a pretty word but c-l-a-r-i-t-y creating lasting authentic reputations intentionally this year and that's what i'm about if you give yourself 365 days to make a 180 then your life can be completely unrecognizable in a year from now. And if you wanna do it faster, you can do it faster. But I'm really, truly, just genuinely excited about helping people achieve the results that match their potential and getting clarity in their life. Because whenever I got it, it was like the biggest weight lifted off my shoulders and I just feel so happy and I wanna give that to people. So yeah, clarityvip.com, And then my Instagram is justin underscore Peterson, the number one.
0: Boom. There it is. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. As always, you are a gem,
1: man. I appreciate you more than, you know, Ian
0: till next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones party of two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves till next time. Peace.